I'm a doctor and I felt her neck. I hope she's okay, cause she's hot as heck. Dang, she's got a lymphoblast, cause it's a podcast. I know in the break room, Brayton's gonna do some snacking. I know in the break room, got some gogurt and animals. Maybe even some season nuts, cause no one snacks his way. Hey everybody, this is Gary Butterfield for Teenage Dirtbags, and with me as always is my co-host Brayton Cameron. Brayton? Hello. I'm doing very and, well. Uh, How are you? I'm doing, doing well. And you know, as, as everyone knows, every episode of Teenage Dirtbags begins with a Brayton homage. Um, and this one was about who we're talking about this episode. Tantric with the breakdown. Yeah, uh, Gary, you don't know how accurate that that like uh, Brito Maj really was because I developed this weird uh, like reputation at work for always wanting snacks, and like it comes up as an inside joke between myself and my coworkers all the time. Wait, I, you? Uh, I think everyone likes snacks. I think you're just very public about it. Okay, maybe that's it. I just, you know, I have a passion for food and not the mm-hmm. sort of passion that leaves someone to, like, learn how to cook really well. I just like to put things in my stomach. Yeah. Yeah, and, and why wouldn't you? Right. It's delicious. Yeah. Brayton, are yeah. you snacking on anything right now? You snacking on anything. You know, it's funny what that you, you ask. <laughs> It's funny that you ask, Gary, is that I am, in fact, snacking on something. I, I ran some errands right after work, so I didn't have a chance to actually get uh, what would be considered a full meal here. Uh, so instead, I'm eating some Energy Club Fancy Mojo Mix Trail Mix. I didn't know that you joined the Energy Club. I did. I did join it. I mean, uh, they came by. They tased me. I said, all right, <laughs> you win. <laughs> Um, I know I got tased by the <laughs> Energy Club right now. <laughs> oh, Gary, um, that lead singer of Tantric does not look like his voice. I have a real problem with him. I refer to him in the video as Gavin Knoxdale. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I can see that. Uh, yeah, like he's he's very he's he's very pretty. Like he's he's you know he's a very pretty man who has a much deeper voice than you think, and much much bushier eyebrows than you would think as well. Yeah. Um. He but he's not the worst looking guy in the band. No, by far. Uh, <laughs> it's it's pretty sad that I mean he's not an unattractive man. Like he's not hard to look at. He's he's okay. Um, he's a tall drink of water. He is he? I couldn't tell. Does they, do He's they, what I like to refer to as a sportsman's mix. <laughs> Gary, how rude of me. I didn't ask what you were snacking on previously. I, I, I'm not snacking. I'm between meals at the moment. Oh, okay. Um, so, and uh, and not snacking. Previous to this, I had a nice uh, breakfast pie. Yeah. Um, and uh, later, I'm planning on making a nice garden salad. Ooh. That's right only... now, the only thing that passes between these lips is water. Okay. Okay. Uh, so that would be for the what you drink in. Brayden, what are you drinking on? 
What you drinking? Oh, I'm so glad that you asked. I poured myself a refreshing uh, pomegranate San Pellegrino. Ooh. Ooh, indeed. Ooh, yeah. That sounds <laughs> delightful. It is. It's It's pretty good. I heard that you recently got a haircut. I did. And that reminds me of one of our favorite segments. Snip, snap, what's under your cap? <laughs> haircut <laughs> chat from Gary and a chap. Stop it. <laughs> oh, gosh, uh, Gary, the haircuts. <laughs> yeah. They're so bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. in this in the band, but tell, tell me about your haircut. Oh, my snap, God, snap. No. What's under your cap? It's haircut chap with Gary and chap. What what happened with your haircut? Well, uh, my my barber, uh, Christine, uh, started working at a new place called uh, Badger and Boar in PDX here. And uh, I went to visit, and we changed things up a little bit. It's my third time seeing her, so we're a little bit more comfortable, you know, with the whole haircutting relationship between the two of us. And it turned out really great. Uh, she did an awesome job, uh, you know, keeping it high and tight for summer. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really happy with it. So, yeah. How about yourself? Have you been getting haircuts lately? I'm kind of growing it out a little bit. Yeah. I'm getting, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to trim it down in the back, but I'm kind of into this having it a little bit longer on the, the top and sides. Mm-hmm. Um, recently I'm going to give it a shot. Um, it's been a little while. You know, you, you said it was, uh, uh, what is it? Boar and Badger? Badger and Boar, yeah. In Portland? That yes. store, that place could literally be anything. I know. Like, I can't imagine a type of store that Badger and Boar couldn't be in Portland. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Fancy charcuterie? Check. Bookstore? Yeah. Check. Mm-hmm. Coffee house? Check. Yeah. Bar? Check. Bar? Sure. Uh, anything. Uh, church? Could have been anything in Portland. Because uh, <laughs> we have such a history of, like, blank and blank. And it's usually, like, food-related thing and food-related thing, um, which which is where you get all of those restaurants. Uh yeah, but, like you know, with the exception of like, like Alder and Son or Tasty and Alder, which is like, well, those aren't <laughs> exactly Alder and Son. Well, technically, food if you yeah. like asphalt and people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and Tasty and Alder is an adjective in the street it's on. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like, like edible in Maine. Come, come on down to the corner. Actually, edible in Maine sounds like a really great restaurant name for this town. I, I would yeah, probably yeah, edible, edible in Maine. Yeah. Um, what? Tell me about this other haircut, though. Uh, well, I'm talking about good old bass player Spider Hair uh, <laughs> and Tantric, who uh, I feel like couldn't decide if he wanted dreads or not. Like, <laughs> he's like, I kind of got him, but I don't. Like, maybe, maybe if this video was a month later, but it's not. He is hard to look at. Yes. Like out out of guys in this band who are hard, like hard on the eyes because the other two guys in the band I don't have very much to say about. It's really main guy in this guy's show and main guy, you know, he's fine. This guy though, he looks like his head was extruded from like a Play-Doh fun factory. Oh yeah, for sure. Like it just it's like but you're right, it's not quite dreads, it's like too thin and it's like probably like those guys in high school who used like Elmer's glue mm-hmm. to spike their hair, like it looks a little bit like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it doesn't quite, like, it doesn't look crusty. It looks, like, 
dry and fried and uh he just, like like he just hasn't been taking care of it unlike the drummer who has gorgeous hair that he puts in these stupid braids oh shit i do have something to say about that guy i forgot that was this band i have him down as norse bond drums helm in my notes <laughs> yeah yeah he, he it's like it's like drumming thor but with like like explicitly like like a like a female norse like a Valkyrie haircut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. It, it's definitely a lady's haircut, which is fine. Like, do whatever you want with your hair. But it's not what he's going for. Like, he wants to look like Thor, but he looks like Valkyrie. Yeah, it's just, his. he's, is he not also rocking the, like, MLB pitcher from the 90s chin beard? Like, yeah. and by chin beard, I mean chin-only goatee, like. Yeah, but, like, I just dragged my chin across some, Chocolate, like some crumbled up Oreos, or some Jimmies, as you said last <laughs> yeah, time. Some, gym, some gym jams. Like I was trying to eat a eat like eat out a Sunday bar without using my hands, mm-hmm. and uh, just happened to dip my chin in you know some spirit gum, and then in the Jimmies. Um, just have some spirit gum laying around from my theater days. <laughs> Since it's a yogurt bar, yeah, you can have. Hey, keep pour them weird. Yeah, um, yeah, and that guy doesn't get nearly as much. FaceTime as as Fernhead and uh, and Gavin Notsdale. Gavin Notsdale, right. whose real name is Hugo Ferreria. Yeah, yeah, hmm. um, yeah. This song. So this is another like bully song. Like this is yeah. this is a classic like Jeremy situation or similar to uh, Weedus. Mm. Um, teams are back a little bit where like somebody's being bullied, and the guy who's being bullied looks like a tiny teen Eugene Merman. Yes. To me. <laughs> I can't quite figure it out, but yeah, yeah, I think so. Eugene Merman's a real weird looking dude. Um, there was a girl who I, I used to see on the bus back when I moved here, mm-hmm. and I knew that I would never be able to describe it to anyone because the way I was, it's, she looks like a hot Eugene Merman. <laughs> I was thinking about like, yeah. yeah, like that, that's never been said by anybody. And, it and was, like, like, how do you even tell her that? Yeah, no, you would never be able to. Like, it'd be, and she'd be like, oh God, like the, the guy from Fly of the Concords, the landlord from Fly of the Concords, you think I look like that? But she did. She looked like an attractive Eugene Merman. <laughs> and it's just like, I feel like I might as well not be speaking English when I say that. Like, no one's going to understand what I mean. Maybe you could have gone with his, like, isn't his grandmother Ethel Merman? Oh, yeah, I think you're right. So maybe you could have just yeah. gone that route, even though... Like a younger Ethel Merman. Yeah, yeah, maybe that would have been a better route than, than, than hot Eugene Merman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, okay, you're right. This is, so this is a bullying video in which a young, not hot Eugene Merman... Uh, gets kind of pushed around, but he always has his headphones on, which somehow connect him directly to the band tantric. <laughs> yeah, he can travel through the through the sound waves. Um, I don't know what cord is supposed to actually connect the studio where they're recording the song to his Walkman. Yeah, um, you know, because that has to go through a through a record and a press and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, he can go back and forth between when the band's recording the song that um, is giving him strength. Mm-hmm. Apparently, uh, for some reason, which I have not been able to really figure out um, as uh, why the song is so inspiring to him. It, the lyrics are not too inspiring yeah. to me. 
Yeah, I don't feel like it's even necessarily the song is inspiring to him. And I don't, I also kind of want to disagree on your point of like giving him strength because he seems to just kind of be put upon and like the whole time. He doesn't really get a break until the very end when someone else intervenes and it's not, it's not even him. Like he's not defending himself against the bullies. He's not really getting no. anywhere. It's not a story. Like the, this, this video does not tell a, a narrative whatsoever. Like it's just a scene, really. But like strength, I guess. I mean, like it seems like he always escapes into it. And sure. Maybe not strength, but like the only thing that makes him feel better is listening to this shitty fucking tantric song. Is, is um, breakdown by tantric suggested by Cole Ross? Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. This song, uh, according to the guy um, or uh, the guitarist Todd Whitener. Mm-hmm. Um, he says this about the song. He says, that song's pretty much about being pooped on and realizing that life is going to move on and you just have to keep your head high. Things will work out in the end as long as you stay positive. And you can tell by listening to the lyrics where it's like, the breakdown. Like, you can't tell from anything he says that's the point of the fucking song. But he's writing it down so passionately while he's... Uh, well, that that is you know. that drives me fucking nuts because he like writes chorus and then he uses like you instead of y o u and stuff. Those those parts are really obnoxious to me. Well, he's got to write it quick enough so that it fits in during that piece of cinema. You know, that's true. It's like shorthand. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, yeah, no, I understand. He's really pulling a stain here by writing his lyrics down during the video, <laughs> like as if it, the song hadn't already been recorded. It's very confusing to me. Um, also, uh, if we can go back to the the, the uh, microphone wire traveling, did you notice the cop out that it was like only half of an animation and then they played it backwards? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was like a low budget like Spider Man credit sequence. Yeah. from like the early 2000s <laughs> like spider. we go into the web but spider speeder, speeder man yeah, yeah. the speeder man do you, do you want to check out this uh this rogues gallery um oh. if you look at the wikipedia for this this song yeah um this was a number one single on um, the billboard main street rock oh. stop you for just one second about the wikipedia did you yes. did you notice that the last edit for the wikipedia page was eight days ago by Stevie <laughs> man <laughs> No. <laughs> so new things are coming to light, light about Breakdown. Yeah, there's an upcoming um, seventh studio album, apparently. Seventh studio album. I didn't know it yeah, was still going. Hugo Ferreria has, like, a, a huge Wikipedia page as well, just on himself. Like, okay. this is, this is I will, I, 100% honestly, I had no idea, I never heard this song or heard of this band before we decided to do it for the show. Had you heard like, of Days of the New? Days of the New? Yeah. Um, I know. <laughs> I, I guess I know the name Days of the New, but I don't know anything else yeah. about them. Is that a side okay. project or something? No, that was uh, members of Days of the New when they broke up, then ju- formed Tantric. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Which I didn't know until just now. Yeah. This is a real case of uh, Wikipedia said it best. Wikipedia. 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 Wikipedia said um, the uh, the, this was a number one single on the the rock charts, preceded by "Outside" by Aaron Lewis featuring Fred Durst, succeeded by "Duck and Run" by Three Doors Down, 
it was a golden time for music in 2001. I gotta be honest like, with you, I don't, I don't remember either of those songs. <laughs> I can't, I, I don't, I remember Duck and Run. Yeah. I don't remember Outside by Aaron Lewis, but like, can there be a good song featuring Fred Durst? Oh, no way. I, like I, I, like I, I know Outside. I'm on the outside, and I'm looking in. It's uh, Aaron Lewis is a guy from Stained. Ah, uh, mm. <laughs> Okay. Gotcha. And uh, and pre- previous to that was Jaded by Aerosmith. So, at least then, that's like an actual hit hit. Now, was Liv Tyler in that video? Uh, jaded? <laughs> now I'm jaded, because you met me. Um, <laughs> jaded, forget, forget me. me. Yeah. You're jaded, you're jaded. Like, I defy anyone to tell the difference between those fucking songs. Yeah, I I can't remember if Liv Tyler was, if that's part of the trilogy or not. I don't think so. Um, Yeah, I feel like it came afterwards. I see that in 2001 they also toured with Three Doors Down and Lifehouse, which Lifehouse doesn't seem to fit, does it? No, no, that definitely seems unusual to me. Um... Yeah, but I mean, I'll, I'll let them get away with it, uh, because it was this period of music that I hated and didn't pay attention to. So it's like it, it is like the the nothing nothing I love about this tour, the uh, that that I did not see. This mm-hmm. is a long sentence that I am having a hard time figuring out how to end. So I'm ending every <laughs> word with a question mark, and my voice is going up like this. Um, it's like it's okay. almost like I had an idea for a joke at the beginning of it and then lost it. Yeah. And I don't know what's going on next. It's it's okay. It's okay, Gary. Um do you wanna do you wanna take a little break and, and maybe talk about something that you you do know something about? I think I do. Um I think it is time once again, we're going back to the Dead twenty one recap. Ooh. So check it out. We've gone through episodes one through five. It's been a little bit. Um, it was a natural stopping point, but now we're back with episode six. Okay. Season one. In episode six, a Cybe tries to kill the president in charge of the cybernetics project, knowing full well that he's going to die uh, for all the time he's jailed afterwards. He's going to die during that time because he's dead at 21. Um, yeah. He knows he's going to end up dying for it, but he's a good guy. He tries to do a good thing. So killing the president's a good thing? A president of a cybernetic corporation. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. All right. Yeah, that. I mean, that's like. So I guess that this is kind of like, a, to a, to a cybe, the president of a cybernetics corporation is probably the same thing as like a president is to an American, right? Like he's the president yeah. of the cybes. Like yeah. Obama is the president of the us. Sure. I guess. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of like other famous company presidents so that I can make a comparison, but I can't because I don't care. Yeah, I, I don't I don't have any, like, uh, you know, but I, I think that is true. I think that, like, if you're a cybe, like, because there, there's that song, you're like, when you're a cybe, you're a cybe all the way, you're a cybe tonight, and you're a cybe today, fighting Oops. the president of cybernetic town. Take that smile and make it a frown because you're killing the president, <laughs> Mr. Cybe. <laughs> I like I like that that was uh, a combination of when you're a, sh- a jet 
from West Side Story and In Cars by Gary Newman. <laughs> <laughs> when you're a cyb and you know it is time to kill the cybernetic president, it's always going to be you're a cyb. <laughs> it's like an alternate reality where the show is so big that we're at Alden parodies yeah. of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'd be pulled out like a, a song from ten years before when the show was on to do it. <laughs> Instead of his like salad bars song or whatever we actually did with cars. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if he also, yeah, if if he did it in, in, at all. Um, real quick, popular quote from this episode, then we can move on from Dead Twenty One. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny <clears throat> is talking to our main character Ed, and Danny says, "You know me, you've seen me," and Ed says. Yeah, you're just dreams. <laughs> and this has been a Dead at 21 recap. Yeah, Dead at 21 recap. Very good, very good. Uh, Gary, let's go back to the video for a second. Do you remember the yeah. scene in which uh, getting bullied, Eugene Merman, uh, is like working on his moped in the driveway, and his dad, who parks on the street, gets mad at him <laughs> for taking up half of the driveway? Yeah, I, I do remember his dad, who is some kind of character actor, yes, and comes home. I was going to say that. Yeah. Who is that guy? I, I don't know. I, I didn't. I, I just recognized him, but there's no credits or anything. I couldn't find for the video. Um, he he also is super Willie Lomond up. Like it's like he's wearing a, a disheveled businessman costume. Yeah, it's instead like of being a disheveled suit, businessman, he's like sweaty and he's got a briefcase. Yeah, yeah, half his shirt's untucked and his tie is like super loose. Um, yeah, this guy just can't catch a break. It's not just school bullies, it's bullies at home. Yeah, even his dad. Um, I am trying to see, I've just put in Google uh, dad in tantric breakdown video to see if it actually (laughs) says who it is. What you Googling? AKA the quiet search. Search, 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 search. I don't think it's there. The uh, the note I have for that in my notes is, if you have a character actor for a dad, your life can't be that bad. <laughs> oh, well done. Way to rhyme. <laughs> like, yeah, I didn't mean to. I just I wrote, all I wrote down is, that dad is from something. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's right after the dad when we're introduced with maybe the single greatest thing in this video. And that, Gary, I'm sure you know, is the American flag shirt that Hugo wears. <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty amazing. Yeah. It, he changes it, this whole recording session, lots of amazing outfits going on. He changes his uh his clothing from the one of those tight nineties shirts that makes it look like you're covered with tattoos but you're not. Um and he changes from that into like just a sweet American flag shirt. Well it was it was the you know the time, the style at the time. Mm-hmm. Like when this came out, I mean, it, it's uh, it's it's pre September 11th, um, so do what you will as far as conspiracies there. Um, you know, actually, is this? Can we tie this into our our conspiracy? Oh yeah, fake conspiracies. Birthers, truthers. Jet fuel can't melt steel beams. Moon landing? I don't think so. What really happened at the grassy knoll? The Bilderberg Group. The Bilderbear Group. Illuminati. Illuminati's House of Pies. Secret, secret, secret. Ah, spooky. 
So I think the fact that uh, the guy from Tantric is wearing an American flag uh, shirt in a video where a man who's tall, in fact, you could say he's too tall, two tall things, is assaulted by flying french fries who are thrown at him at great velocity before his scooter ultimately falls down and crumbles could say to be kind of a portent of uh, that movie about 9-11. Oh, yeah. I think this predicted the movie United 93. I think uh, considering this came out at roughly the same time, that is very possible that it either predicted or came out after. I think it did one or the other. And that's the important thing, because if it came out simultaneously, it would make sense. But before or after. Yeah. Do you know, uh, it's not mentioned on the Wikipedia, but do you know if this was, could you guess, let me put it this way, if this is on one of the, like, on the radios, like, uh, what was it? I think it was like a bunch of people petitioned to have songs removed from the radio because it reminded them of 9-11. Oh, <laughs> no, I don't, was, I don't know if this is that. That'd be a good Wikipedia yeah. list, though. There was like a, there was a Bush album that came out, I think, right around then. Uh, oh, let's, let's was, it, um, was it uh, Hail Allah by Bush? <laughs> no, it was not. <laughs> okay. Because I thought that one would draw a lot of conspiracy, you know, nuts out of the woodwork. But I also think it predated 9-11 by a couple of months. So the... Uh, I, I another part of the reason why I think that this might have predicted the movie United ninety three is that uh so on the Wikipedia it says that you know it had substantial airplay airplay, airplane, and the band has a combination of acoustic and heavy sound, acoustic, the acoustics in Dealey Plaza where they shot United ninety three. And it's not can't be a coincidence, right? No, it couldn't possibly be a coincidence. Days of the new formerly hard rock acoustic band, uh, becoming you know, members from that, becoming part of Tantric, a sex thing. I don't know much about it. I'm just going to call it a sex thing. Sex type thing, the name of a Stone Temple <laughs> pilot song. Pilots. Uh, pilots. Piloting United 93. United 93. It all makes sense. Stone Temple Pilots founded in 1993, of course. Yes. Uh, you know, like United 93. Mm-hmm. I think we've probably figured this out. Yeah, I think so. Basically, the breakdown is about... <laughs> it is. It is a portent for 9-11. Or the movie based on such. Or, yes, it was specifically yeah. the United 93 starring Nicolas Cage. It's a prequel to United 93. Do you think when this band played this song live, they would play a sample from... Uh, and Vogue was going, now it's time for the breakdown. And then they would play the song. <laughs> I, I imagine that the members of this band are not very familiar with En Vogue. Or not very familiar with having a sense of humor. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. They, they seem pretty serious to me. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah Anybody could, with that deep of a voice is going to take himself way too seriously. Totally. Totally. Yes. Absolutely. Um, so, speaking of which, we're talking about tantric suggested by Cole Ross. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the uh, so so the dad comes down, the American flag shirt comes on, and then the next scene, mm-hmm. uh, the penultimate scene, where the convenience store scene. Yes. Where uh, young, not Eugene Merman, parks his scooter, goes inside for some snacks, grabs some Danimals, gets some gogurt on the go or whatever, mm-hmm. and then 
these jerks, like, knock over his scooter, which to me doesn't seem like bullying. That seems more serious. Yeah, that's that's definitely more serious than that's like destruction of, of property and like that's yeah. I mean that could cause serious damage if you tip that over and the gas tank leaks, it could blow up and everyone could die. But he didn't really get snacks in there. He just got like a car magazine, one of those free car magazines you can get at the <laughs> store, and like yeah. tucked it into his front of his pants. You're right. I forgot about that. <laughs> or like one of those real estate listing like things yeah. that. No one's ever used for real estate. Um, he also doesn't park. Like, he's not in a parking spot during this. He's the, on the sidewalk or something. You know, he's just in the middle of the parking lot. The note I have here is, poor Scoot, not parked. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> it's just in the parking lot, like, in the middle of it. Like, this asshole, like, yeah, I mean, maybe he's not, not an asshole. But he is, uh, you know, he's pretty frustrating. Like, I don't yeah. want to bully anybody, but, like, he's pretty bad. Gary, speaking of bullying, I, I'm a little worried about the director here. The fact that he okay. chooses to have the first bullying incident be uh, a uh, a young black man bullying a white man, I think he mm-hmm. might be racist. Yeah, he could. Well, it's not the first bullying because before this, they definitely had the, the, the no, white no, dudes no. at the lunch line were throwing French fries at him. Yeah, but the first bullying when he gets pushed into the locker at the very beginning of the video. Oh, the young black man. Yeah, yeah. I but I didn't see it. That I mean, I could see that part of me was just like, you know, generally in these kind of movies, like that black dude like hangs out with a bunch of white dudes, like they're the the cool kids. Mm-hmm. Like usually, like you would see like, like you just wouldn't see that. Like you wouldn't see like a cool black dude bullying on a nerdy white guy. I suppose you that's know. true. We should be happy there it, were any people of color in this video at all, because there were no women. Yeah. <laughs> like, absolutely none. In the high school, it's hard Like it's hard to shoot a scene in a high school with literally no women in it. Yeah, um, yeah so I didn't, I didn't think it was it was him being racist. I th- I could see it being, like, a, literally a stab at diversity. Like, we yeah. have to get some, some black guys in there. Um, yeah, and we, know, I mean... I can understand why no. there were no women, though, because if you put out an ad in, like, 2001 Craigslist, it said, like, women needed for tantric video. Like, what do you expect? <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate tantric experience. <laughs> um, are you ready for the breakdown? <laughs> That's the nine hours where we fuck until your vagina is a sandpaper-thin hallway that, like, can support human life at no point in the future because I've worn it down. Um, because I'm Sting, and I never ejaculate. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I can't. I can't even imagine. The idea of it, it just makes me sad. <laughs> that that's that's really rough. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The name. So uh, here's a little bit of something from an MTV.com interview with the band. Oh yeah. MTV asks. Uh, this is this is another one of our favorite segments. MTV.com said it best. Um. I'm just MTV said, to the best for this. <laughs> okay. Um, MTV said, uh, as nice Midwestern guys, how'd you come up with an exotic name like Tantric? And uh, Matt says, first of all, we didn't think of it. And Hugo says, we were like, that's too fancy for us. We had this time period where we had to come up with like something new because like we didn't like our original name, Carbon 14. Mm. One of the runners, or she was a secretary at the studio, Ferrero's girlfriend. Oh my God, I'm sorry. She was my girlfriend. She came in and she was telling us about tantric sex. She was into the whole Buddhism thing, and she said it while she was naked. So we were like, 
tantric works. Okay. Uh, let what me a, totally... And what, yeah, what is the in, studio environment for tantric in 2001? Let me, let me see if I, I get this. So she was a studio runner, but also Hugo's girlfriend, and also I, I, hanging around naked in the studio suggesting band names. I was reading it as he was remembering her as a studio runner, and then Jesse Best, who's <laughs> the other guy, corrected him by saying, oh, it was Ferraria's girlfriend. And, yeah. him, and then he goes, oh, my God, I'm sorry. So I think that he was just, you know, misremembering. Mm. But she's just hanging out in the studio naked with all these band dudes. No wonder there are no fucking women in this video. Like, yeah. what a gross bunch of boners these guys are. Yeah. This is, uh, that's sad. That's very sad. I want to... Uh, Address a, a, one more thing for sure before before we get towards wrapping up. Um, I want to just talk about the um, guitar player sporting a very classic '90s move: the giant stocking cap pulled down over their eyes. Oh yeah, yeah. The the stocking cap thing, the winter hat indoors thing, I never really get. And that's going to become a theme for another video where we're going to talk about. But like, doesn't get hot. Jesus no. Christ, guys! You're, you're inside. Real quick. We talked about that quote about what this song is actually about. Yeah. Wikipedia did not say it best because they left out a detail. When the guy wrote this, when he said mm. it was about being pooped on and realizing that, you know, he had to move on, he was on his way to Anne Frank's house in Amsterdam. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, so his it's experience... It's possible. This is him to his take on it, like, Anne Frank. So, like, he wrote it before he got there. And then he had the experience of being in Anne Frank's house and all of the weight and gravity, and then came back and was like, no, this song's good. Yeah, yeah, no, I nailed it. Um, like, if I'm looking at the lyrics, which I'm, I'm pulling up right now, I looked at them earlier, but this casts a whole new light. Uh-huh. Like, what these lyrics, because I mean, presumably, he knew what Anne Frank, who she is. Well, know, I mean, so why else would you go there? Yeah, exactly. I <laughs> just like going to Justin, you know, Mackey's house. Like it's not just, um, but like this was his. I this is his epic meditation on what Anne Frank went through. Like, uh, your yeah, your lies, your world is built around two faces of a clown. The voices in your head think there's four pawns down. Well, in this unity, fate has found the need. So you better check yourself before you check out. Inspiring. What does it even mean? <laughs> Oh, what a bunch of assholes! Like your four pawns I, I down? Is it yeah? Is it because they were touring with three tours down that they couldn't use that term? Yeah, I think it means like in chess, like you're you're you know the other you know guy has ten pawns and you only have six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just what, like what Anne Frank that? back WW two. Yeah, just like old Anne Frank, always <laughs> playing chess, always four pawns down. That's a, that's such a quaint way to describe her life. Like yeah. She's, you know, you know Anne Frank, she's four pawns down. Well, those Nazis certainly had to wear an ill-fitting catcher's glove with their whole situation. Like, but this is, this, I thought we wouldn't find, like, worse assholes than the guys in Lit, but, like, these guys seem like they're real assholes. Yeah, those are, like, the sort of, you're trying really hard to make your, your lyrics sound profound, but but they just kind of come out as nonsense. And we just did a fucking Vertical Horizon song. And <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. That kind of makes me want to wish we did another Billy Ocean instead. I, I 100% wish that. The uh, Yeah, this, this is this is a rough one. This is a bad song. 
a bad video, and these are bad guys. Mm. Um, cool. Thanks a lot. Uh, thanks, Ross. Um, also, uh, the, the reason why Cole suggested this, or not the reason, but I always forget that Cole's a little bit younger than me. Mm-hmm. So uh, this probably like, had heavy radio play when he was an uh, um, MTV lad. Yeah, could be. Could be in the yeah. dying days of MTV. He was tuning tuning in and seeing this video in between episodes of The Real World and Road Rules. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, we had a lot of fun today. We, we've learned a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, learned a lot about things about tantric sex and the, the studio life for this band and stuff. Well, but, um, yeah. <laughs> we didn't really learn a lot about tantric sex. <laughs> I've been furiously jerking off this entire thing, and I have not uh, released yet because of Tantra. Mm. That's not true. That is uh, that's an inappropriate joke, and uh, I'm sorry I made it. That's more of an abject suffering joke, not a teenage dirtbags joke. I get those things straight. Yeah. You may think that you've heard everything about me jerking off, but <laughs> you ain't seen nothing yet. Because every episode of Teenage Dirtbags ends, Gary Butterfield reading a poem about an onion. Yeah, Gary, do it. <clears throat> Place every minute in order and every hour within. Sphere to ovoid, to oval, to black puddle. Unkind juice running down the walls. Acids folic, seem vitriolic. And crumbled tragedies, former cell walls in piles between my most important stuff. Exposed to the things outside, who's to say all this inside me won't just fall up? And that is untitled. Beautiful. Thank you, Gary. Thank you. Um, if you like Teenage Dirtbags, you should rate and review it on iTunes and tell people about it. Because not enough people listen to the show. <laughs> Spread the word. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, if you don't like it, congratulations on making it to the end of the show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good really job. Stuck. Who's the winner? I mean, it really stuck with it. And good on you for, like, saying, you know what? I don't know about this show. I don't really like it, but maybe it'll redeem itself. Yeah. I, I appreciate that, giving us the full chance, not just the, the half chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to support the network monetarily, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash TV. And uh, stay tuned in uh, in the show. Brayton, do we say what we're doing in the next episode? I can't nope, remember. We don't, but we oh. do have to uh, really quickly. We have to do uh, which Pokemon is cutest because we have to get through this bracket. Oh, oh shit! Okay, <laughs> so people who tuned out at the beginning of the admin really missed out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Okay. Mr. Mom and Pikachu, I think one is gross and I think the other is cute. Some Pokemon, they ain't that cute, but I think some are. How about you, Cobbletops? Uh, this week, it is Tangrowth versus Simipore. It's Tangrowth versus Simipore. Uh, so far, our round two, once we get to round two, um... It's going to be Grovile versus Skuntank and Stantler versus Igglybuff. But we're not there yet. We're going to see Tangrowth versus Simipore. Which one's cutest, Gary Butterfield? 
Um, I'm gonna. This is a tough one, um, but I, I have to say Simapore. Um, Simapore is a watery monkey, mm-hmm. and she like Simapore looks like like an unknown member of the Muppets band or something, like in, like a scary dead-eyed hippie that hangs out with the Muppets and plays with the Electric Mayhem. Like uh, um, so Jane or Jan? Yeah, like Janice. Janice. Janet. Yeah, who I, I think is is a really scary Muppet. Um, and stay tuned next year when we do which, which Muppet is cutest. <laughs> for, for, but the uh, winner the is Tengro, the, the Muppet Babies will definitely win that. Oh, absolutely. Like Muppet Skeeter? Good night. Mm-hmm. Um, but Tangrowth, I think, is really spooky looking. Like, because he's just a mass of, like, tentacles. Yeah. And they're, they're supposed to be, like, Tangle weeds, but the color is off. Like, it makes it look like he's, you know, this Lovecraftian monster. Yeah, but you like that. I don't think it's cute, though. <laughs> and here's the thing. Simapore, how tall is he? Three foot three. That's about how much I want, how tall I want a monkey to be. Yeah. Tangrowth, six foot seven. <laughs> Whoa! Uh, is way taller than me, and that's not like arm length or anything. That's just his whole body. So he's grimace essentially, like he's a grimace made of tentacles. Which, nope. I always imagine every Pokemon is pocket sized because they are pocket monsters, and I, I forget when there are big ones like Gyarados or Snorlax. Yeah, me too. That, that, that they end up being huge, and there's some of them that are really huge, like. You know, I always forget that too. But the man-sized ones, that's, those are the scariest to me. Yeah. Like, this could just be a, like, this, this, a Tangrowth could put on a trench coat and, like, sneak into my house. Yes. Like. <laughs> I think oh. a seven, like, undulating tentacle uh, trench coat might have a tough time sneaking anywhere. <laughs> but I know. Yeah. That says true. Why am I, I'm inviting. Um, yeah, so, uh, see you guys next time. Good night, everybody. Good night. Yeah. All right. And then I can't remember, do you have beef or, or jiggy in this one? I have beef for the second one. Okay. I, I'm, I'm ready when you are. Uh, I'm ready. Let's do it.